When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. This is Steve Moore. You are listening to the More Money Show on WABC on a absolutely spectacular Saturday afternoon along almost all of the East Coast where I live in the Washington, D.C. area. It is absolutely beautiful today. I, I hear that up uh, north of us it's beautiful, too. So it's a great. It's one of these great day-to-be-alive days. I just love them. I love being outside. I love being in the sunshine, maybe go to the pool later this afternoon or play some golf, but I urge people, I always do, get out. After you listen to the More Money Show, get out, uh, have fun, go for a hike, ride your bike, go for a walk in Central Park, wherever you are. So uh, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful, sunny, beautiful, blue sky day. Um, we're not going to talk about abortion today. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Roe v. Wade. We've been saturated with the coverage of that over the last 24 hours. What I do want to talk about, which is the topic of this show on, by the way, the number one talk radio station in these United States of America, which is WABC. And I will be taking your calls because it's the look, it's the best. My favorite part of the show is hearing from you. I always say we have the smartest, most intelligent, articulate, not always, <laughs> but most of our callers have really great points to make. So I love to hear from you. I learned a lot from our listeners. So I urge you, please, uh, at the bottom, starting about the bottom of the hour, we'll start taking your calls. Uh, I am worried about a recession, and I've been on the uh, record. I think I said this on the air last week and was one of the first economists to say this, that we are already in a recession. <laughs> I love this talk about, oh, a lot of economists think we're going to head to a recession second half of this year or in 2023. No. No, no, no. We're in a recession right now. Now, it's a, it is a soft recession. Soft. It, it's We've had a little bit of negative growth for the first half of this year, probably about negative 1%. That's not the end of the world. Um, but it's negative. It's negative, and we're not growing. And uh, I'm worried about the housing sector. I'm t- worrying about manufacturing. I'm worried about consumers just feeling very glum about the direction of the country. Uh, I saw a poll the other day. Yeah, you know, polls, you never know. But it it suggested that about three out of four Americans think the the country is headed in the wrong direction now. And I hate that. I love this country. I I want us to be steaming ahead. I want this American economic engine to be firing on all cylinders. And so the question is, why isn't it? Why isn't this economy performing better? And that will be the question of the day. So I want to hear from you, your reaction. Number one, do you agree with me on several points? Number one, I think inflation is actually higher 
than the experts are telling us, because when you look at the essentials, the things that you have to buy, the the milk and the eggs and the broccoli and the uh, breakfast cereal and those kinds of things you have to get at the grocery store. And then you look at the price of gasoline and then you look at rental prices and you look at the price of uh, transportation. Want to buy a car, rent a car, you're going to be paying a lot more. And so my attitude is we're probably so close to 10 to 15 percent inflation, which is a lot. That's one of the highest rates we've had in you know, half a century in this country. And it drives down your paycheck. Remember, when, in, when prices rise faster than your paycheck does, which is the case for most of us, I know it's the case for me, then your real take-home pay, in other words, what you can buy with your paycheck is less, is less. And that's essentially making people poor, not a lot poorer, but a bit poorer. And people who are poor are the people really struggling, right? Because if you make, you know, 15, 20 bucks an hour, uh, and then you have to pay, you know, $30, $40 more every time you go to the grocery store, that causes real hardship to people. So I'm worried about this president. I don't see him coming up with any solutions to our economic problems that make any sense. Why is he not meeting with the oil companies to see what can be done to increase their output rather than meeting with the people who make windmills? <laughs> I mean, we get 70 percent of our energy from, you know, uh, coal and oil and gas, and we get, I don't know, 6 percent from wind. So why would he meet with the wind producers? Because these people have a an obsession with climate change, um, and they're willing to decapitate the American economy to somehow – deal with climate change. And to me, that doesn't make any sense. And I've, this will be now the 12th week in a row on this show, the More Money show, that I'm pleading with one of my liberal listeners, if you're a Democrat, I want to hear from you. I honestly do, and I will be co- totally respectful of your opinion. But I want to – I'm trying to understand what Biden is doing. <laughs> is there any rational uh, thought press process behind this other than now climate change? Because that's not a – that's not an economic strategy. Uh, I am worried about what's happening with the housing sector. Now, let me kind of explain this, folks, because it's an important component to what's happening to housing. And remember, housing is really pretty critical to the U.S. economy. And remember what happened in 2007 and 2008? It seems like a long time ago, right? It's only, you know, 12, 13 years ago that we had this crash with the economy. I mean, a hard landing, crash landing uh, with the economy. We all remember with, uh, especially New Yorkers, you remember all the big banks failing and Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns and one week they're open, the next week they're out of business. You had the subprime mortgage crisis. And I'm worried, I'm not saying we're headed to another one of those. And again, I pray I'm wrong. I'm rooting for America. I'm not rooting against America. But I see the components of this. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So the median house uh, today, that median house price, because we have had a run-up in housing prices, uh, is about 400, a little over $400,000. So let's, let's talk about a $500,000 house, which is a little bit, you know, a bit over the median uh, in the United States. If you want to buy a, a, a home at a price tag of $500,000 and you see the mortgage interest rate that has risen from 3%, which is what it was under Trump, to 6%, and in, in some markets, 
that now what that doesn't seem like oh okay so now I have to pay a higher interest rate but you're talking about a 30 year mortgage because most of us take out the the uh, these you know jumbo 30 year mortgages and over the life of that 30 year mortgage on that $500,000 home are you ready for this you're going to pay somewhere between 200 and $250,000 more for that house so what do you think that's going to mean to the value of homes it's obvious, right? The, the value of the home has to drop so that people can still afford to buy these houses. And that's going to be uh, you know, a problem for the people who own the homes, right? Because the, the Americans have so much of equity in their homes. So I'm worried about a, a potential collapse in the housing market. And at the same time, now look, this was a really good week for the stock market. So we gained back, thank God, some of the big, huge losses of earlier this year. But we're still down seven or eight trillion dollars. Seven or eight trillion dollars in the aggregate amount of wealth this United States of America has. Now, yeah, rich people own a lot of that, but it's not just rich people. I mean, my wife and I this past weekend, last Sunday, we sat at the kitchen table. We looked at what's going on with our 401k plan. We looked at some of our stock holdings. And I'm not rich. You know, I'm upper middle class. We're doing pretty well, but I'm not rich by any means. I'm not a millionaire. Um, and we lost $250,000. That's a lot for us, two hundred fifty. dollars uh, Now, by the way, I'm not sure I would advise people to do what my wife and I did because it's probably only going to depress you. <laughs> it's only going to bring you down to look at what's happened to your stock holdings. I do believe in stocks for the long run, by the way. This is my one economic lesson and financial lesson that I always preach. If you're in this market, if you're young, if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, um, you don't want to pull out of the market. I mean, you don't want to because you're going to – it's the power of compounding interest of the returns on stocks over 20 and 30 and 40 years that, that really leads to big, big, big gains for your retirement account and your nest eggs. But if you're someone who's older, like I'm 62, so you know I, I hope not to retire anytime soon, but sometime maybe in the next 10 years I'll retire, then – you know, I have to start thinking about, ooh, do I really want to have my life savings being, you know, cut as much as in half? Because in the 1970s, if you look at what happened to stocks because of the policies of Nixon, Ford, and Carter, in the 1970s, stocks adjusted for inflation lost over half of their values. So we did see a 50% decline in people's assets as a result of bad policies. Now we're in a regime right now where policies are really backwards. We should be producing energy from wherever we can get it. If wind works, let's use wind. And, you know, we can get maybe six, seven, eight percent of our energy from wind. I'm fine with that. Uh, and maybe solar, throw in a little bit of solar energy in places like Phoenix, Arizona, where the sun always shines. Um, we should be using our coal. We, we have, by the way, <laughs> a big story this week. Europe is moving back towards coal. Germany is, is becoming addicted to coal. Does anybody think Germany cares about climate change when they're using massive amounts of coal? The country that has the most coal in this world is the United States of America. We have 600 years worth of coal. Why shouldn't we be using our own energy? We have oil. We have gas. We have hydropower. Let's use everything we've got because we do not want to be dependent on the Saudis. And I'm sorry. I think it's next week or the week after that uh, President Biden is supposed to be 
meeting with um, the Saudi princes to talk about increasing their oil production. And I'm, that's humiliating. He's going to go on his hands and knees with flowers and hand them to the Saudi prince. I'm sure he's going to bow down and say, please produce more of your oil. <laughs> hey, Joe, why don't we produce the oil in Texas and Oklahoma and North Dakota and Pennsylvania and upstate New York? You have oil, by the way. I think most of you who are New Yorkers know that. And yet your idiots in Albany are not allowing the drilling of your oil in in upstate New York, which would mean a lot of jobs for that area and a lot of uh, increased output and, and uh, GDP. And, and so instead of getting your oil from upstate New York, you're going to get it from Russia and Iran? Is the world upside down? <laughs> Is it spinning around so quickly we've lost our common sense? So there's so much to be done. We need to index cap, uh, 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 the capital gains tax so people don't lose when they sell their stock, because people can't afford to lose their sell their stock right now because it's not indexed for all of these inflationary gains. We have to uh, cut government spending, cut government spending as much as possible. And right now, no build back better, not a trillion dollars of new spending. We should be cutting a trillion dollars from the budget, pull that money out of the economy so that we don't have this runaway inflation. Okay, I'm out of time for this first segment. I had to get that off my chest. I will be taking your calls in exactly about 20 minutes uh, after we hear from uh, the Paynes talk about the financial situation. you got to listen to this because they are amazing. Uh, and we will be right back. This is the More Money Show. This is WABC. And don't forget to call in at the bottom of the hour because I want to hear from you. 1-800-848-WABC. This is the More Money Hotline. one 800 848 W-A-B-C. We'll be right back in a minute. You're listening to the 770 W-A-B-C. Talk Radio 77 W-A-B-C. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, we had green on our screens as stocks recovered most of last week's losses as investors calmed their fears over the Federal Reserve's aggressive rate hike plan and with recent economic data supporting that narrative. For the week, the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ climbed 55 6.5%, and 7.5% respectively. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell calmed the markets on Wednesday when he told Congress that the Fed will watch to see if economic growth and inflation are slowing, in which case the pace of rate hikes will slow down. The central bank's aggressive rate hiking plan has caused markets to anticipate high odds of a recession, sending the S&P down into bear market territory, with a decline of 20% from its all-time high set just this past January. So for now, bad news, any economic data that indicates a significant slowdown in the economy is a good thing for the market. It means that the worst of the rate hikes could be over after the next few meetings. Some of that moderating data came out Friday. The University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index had a reading of 50, lower than the prior result, and well below an April reading, which was above 60. The index has steadily trended lower, since then, as consumers grow less confident about their ability to spend in the face of persistently high inflation. New home sales were 696000 for May, slightly above April, but much lower than what we had in January, 811000 Overall, new home sales have dropped this year as mortgage rates have climbed higher. Now, the big news was the S&P Services PMI came in at 51.6 versus the expectation of 53, and manufacturing PMI came in at 52 versus the expectation of 56 both much weaker than anyone was prepared for and now much closer to the neutral line of 50. 
It's just another data point that suggests the building weakness in the economy. Also, remember, the U.S. economy is a 75% service-based economy, so a reading for the service-based PMI of 51 per 6 is, is very concerning. Now, when you include this newest data that reflects the state of both services, manufacturing, falling retail sales, falling existing home sales, and news of actually some layoffs coming from Netflix and J.P. Morgan, you begin to recognize that the economy appears to be slowing. Meanwhile, the labor market remains strong. Now, the bond market is also sensing the slowdown in the economy as bond prices continue to rise in price, sending yields down. And this suggests two things. One, traders and investors don't believe the Fed will carry through with their threat to take rates substantially higher. And number two, there are massive, massive foreign buyers who are happy to buy our Treasury bond yields well above what they can get in their own country. So Jerome Powell's testimony couldn't have come at a better time this week for the markets as investors had gotten extremely pessimistic and now have a staggering amount of cash on hand after this recent sell-off. Bank of America noted its private clients have 12.6% of their assets in cash. That's the highest since October of 2020. Now, this isn't surprising since historically the public buys most at the top and they invest the least at the bottom. And the market is off to its worst first half start since 1970. And it's only bad for investors who have locked in their losses and sold and went to cash. The good news is in the previous years that were down at least 15% at the midway point, they saw the final six months of the year higher every single time with an average return of 24%. So remember, bear markets, corrections, they're normal. And the low will be clear only in hindsight. New highs are inevitable. But rather than ride the emotional waves from moment to moment, keep an even keel. Look longer term. Time, patience, and a level head are the investor's best friends in rough and tumble volatile markets like we're experiencing these days. Now, my son Ryan and I, we have over 68 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call us at 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management. Your health is important. Your sexual health is very important. And like everything else, it has challenges. As many as 50% of men over 50 have sexual-related difficulties like ED, low testosterone, and low energy. That's where they come in. Elevate Wellness has real professional and in-person solutions. Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Or visit elevatewellnessgroup.com and get back to where it started. Office visits only $99 this month. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or Elevate Wellness Group. .com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. I'm Steve Moore. We now have uh, the Paynes, uh, Bob and Ryan Payne, to tell us what is going on in these crazy markets right now. It has been a roller coaster the last uh, several weeks, and we're all getting um, very concerned about what's happening with our retirement accounts. Uh, 
gentlemen, my wife and I sat down at the kitchen table on uh, Saturday of last week, and uh, we lost a lot of money. <laughs> and so I was uh, w- wondering, now this week has been pretty good week for the market, but I'm worried about uh, kind of dead dead cat bounce here. That's what a lot of my uh, analysts are telling me. What What do you guys say about the current financial environment, and should people be getting out of the market now? Well, first of all, Steve, this is um... – my seventh bear market uh, since I started. <laughs> you lived through these. <laughs> yes, yes, I've been. Congratulations, them, so. Bob. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, guys. It's a, it's a big milestone in my career. I've been, uh, you know, looking to, uh, you know, put that check mark against the box. But the good news is, uh, the other six that I went through, you know, the first one, very first one, being back in seventy three, seventy four, they all had a beginning uh, where we went down at least twenty percent, which we just did in the market, but they all had an end. Uh, the tricky part is knowing when the end is, but you know, once you're down 20% and you, if you get out of the market, then you got to contend with, well, if I sell now and it goes down another 20%, but you're paying 20% right. in capital gains tax on what you're selling. Right. Yeah. I, I think the other thing to think about too is, and not every market's working the same right now, right? Um, if you look at our portfolios, if you look at commodity exposure, commodities have come down quite a bit in the last two weeks, but they're still up over 20% for the year. Um, value stocks are down somewhere around 10% for the year. So I, I think, Steve, you know, one of the important thing factors that you have to have right now is you've got to diversify your money because you know, we are in a higher inflationary environment. You've know, talked about this a lot. The economic conditions have changed a lot. We have a monetary policy that's going to be tightening. It's not loose. Like we had a real loose monetary policy for like a decade. And that just speaks to having a different portfolio because, yes, the market might be down 20%, but I always ask what market because not every market here is reacting the same. Well, you know, my, my perspective is, Steve, is that um, – and, and we're long-term investors, right? We're value investors. And what I call this period is the revenge of the nerds, right? We're, we don't have to go to a cocktail party now and apologize for not owning cryptocurrency, right? We, we own <laughs> dividend-paying stocks, value stocks, <laughs> energy stocks, right, right. commodities – um, you know, and for the first time in, in a couple of years, you can get a real return on your cash. You know, you can actually invest, um, you know, not short term, but you can actually buy treasuries and CD yields that are good for savers. So we haven't had that in a while. Now, I've been making the case uh, for the last several weeks on the show that we are not headed towards a recession, but that we're in a recession. Uh, when you look at the, some of the uh, producer uh, numbers and you look at the uh, what's happening with housing, um, and you look at, you know, consumer and small business confidence, they're all headed south. And so now, look, the real question to me is whether we're going to have a soft recession or whether we're going to have a crash landing. And, uh, you know, under the scenario where we see something like, you know, what happened, you know, God forbid, like what happened in 2008, uh, you know, it's just hard to figure out which scenario we're looking at right now. It's a short, brief recession or something that could be a lot more painful. But uh, I think investors are very confused in this environment because the Fed is raising rates and that is going to, you know, have a depressing effect on stocks, obviously. So what is your, you know, you, you talked about having a balanced um, portfolio. How do you do that? What do you recommend? 
Yeah, so I think here what you have to think about is, well, first off, I think the market's already pricing in a recession, whether we get it or not, right? And right, remember, right. The, yeah. the, the market yeah. is not a great forecaster. It's uh, it's re- predict the last uh, 10 of the last seven <laughs> recessions. So yeah. so we, you know, so if the, the bad news is probably priced in. I think that the important point here is, and we, we saw this after the pandemic, is the market's going to get better before the news. So the news can keep coming in more negatively, but the market could already be off to the races. I mean, remember back when the pandemic happened by April, the market had a huge rebound and the economic data was just getting worse and worse. So I think what we're thinking about now is markets are forward looking. Your portfolio should be forward looking is at some point we're going to be out of this mess. You're going to be on much stabler ground with the economy. You want to position your portfolio now for that. You don't want to wait on that. And I think a, a cash flowing portfolio is critical here. You know, a portfolio that's paying dividends and increase over time with inflation. Bob just mentioned bond yields. I mean, tax-free bonds now, you're getting a yield of over 3%. That's like getting close to 5% in a taxable portfolio if you're in a high tax bracket right now. So, you know, you got to have a portfolio that's generating a lot of cash flow. Now, I'm worried about um, the housing market because we've seen the mortgage rates go from 3 to almost 6% in the last 18 months or so. And I was just looking at some statistics. We actually had this in our uh, Unleashed Prosperity Hotline this week that if you're talking about a $500,000 uh, priced home that you want to buy, the because of the higher interest rates, that's going to add over the, over the life of the 30-year mortgage about a $200,000 increase in, in the cost of the home. So that's got to depress um, buying, I would think. So it, it would also, you would think that that would also bring home values down, but what do you what do you think about housing right now? Well, first of all, we have the lowest housing affordability since 2007 between the, those two factors, yep. right? We had a huge price increase during COVID, which I don't think anybody saw coming. Yep. And now you have interest rates going up, so the cost of borrowing, even if you're using an adjustable rate mortgage, it's you know low housing affordability. But this is different than 2008, 2009. The Fed is trying to cool down a red hot economy. Right. We're not trying to fix a broken economy like we had in 2008 and 2009. As a matter of fact, when you look at the amount of mortgages that are underwater, uh, it's nowhere near what we saw in 2008, 2009. Households are in pretty good shape financially, Steve. So I think that the big problem is we have a shortage of houses. And and eventually when the Fed's done, we're going to see the economy boom again. And housing is going to be a big leader, I think, in in the. uh, So you you like housing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then even even in an environment of rising mortgage rates. Yes. Well, because the other thing you have to think about, too, is yeah. a lot of it's demographic driven, right? And the millennials, which is the largest yeah. cohort in the U.S. now, somewhere between 70, 80 million people, depending on what stats you look at. Yeah. They all were a little late to the party with the household formation. Mean, stage, wait, 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 hold on. You mean to say they're finally moving out of my basement? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Congratulations, Steve. Congratulations. <laughs> they're real adults now. The oldest millennial is like 42 now. You know, it's kind of hard to believe. Um, but but <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the baby boomers in the 80s. Uh, yeah, right. The millennials right. are a little older. Yeah. And yeah. they're all in household formation stage, which that's great for the economy, too. Because think about when you, when you buy a house, just think about all the other economies that benefit from that, right? When you go to Home Depot, you buy furniture and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's going to drive housing for a long time. To Bob's point, you remember we had an undersupply of houses for a decade. So even, right. you know, prices could come down a little bit because rates have gone up, but demand is not going away like it did back during the housing crisis because the demand just wasn't there. We overbuilt. We still have 
a supply problem, and that's gonna that's gonna take a long time to work that out of the the system. I was just reminding our uh, listeners that. Uh, this is the More Money Show, and you're listening to Bob and Ryan Payne, two of the best in the business. By the way, guys, before I forget, can you give folks your uh, your number for the free? Co- you're still offering the free consultations. That's, That's right. Correct. Throughout the show, yep. If you go to eight four four seven five two six six nine two, if you have a million dollars saved for retirement at eight four four seven five two six six nine two, we'll run our full total financial master plan. Yeah. I used to have a million dollars. We'll make an exception for you, Steve. We'll make an exception okay, for you. I, I need your help for sure. Uh, we've got just one or two minutes left. So, I mean, I'm, you're reassuring me because I've been pretty depressed about things, uh, the direction of the economy, and maybe a little, uh, you know, lift this week. So you say ride it out. Ride it out. Don't, don't let fear uh, grip you right now in terms of your investing. Well, better yet, Steve. First of all, you know, recessions are hard to time and predict, and they're usually something yep. we only know in hindsight. So first, timing a recession is very difficult. Timing the market's even more difficult. So anyone out here listening to us right now trying to do both of those, just forget about it. Uh, what you've yep. got to remember is over our lifetime, we make the right. most amount of money in bear markets, believe it or not, right? That's where you get your best buying opportunities. You don't wait, get wait, explain that. Explain that to me. That you—that's an interest, um, important point you're making. So, in other words, you're saying that you can you can get some real values and stocks. You get tremendous value, right? You, as, right? you know, we always say at Payne Capital, you don't get good prices with good news, right? So you have to embrace the negative, you uh-huh. know, to take advantage of the pricing that's going on right now. Yeah, you know, they threw the baby out with the bathwater two weeks ago, you know, in the market. Plenty of opportunities out there, and you're buying at valuations you haven't seen in a couple of years. So if you're a short-term trader, eh, we can't help you. But if you're an investor and you're looking to achieve your goals, now's the time to redeploy your portfolio, get balanced, make sure you're in the winners that are going forward. Um, you got to be invested, stay invested, and you actually should be adding money now. And one, I get asked all the time this, and I'm sure you have, and we've only got about a minute and a half left, but uh, cryptos, they've gotten killed, obviously, in the last uh, couple of months. What, what is your advice on crypto? I'm sure you get asked this all the yeah. time. Well, I was telling Bob, you know, I like to gamble with my money, but I prefer the casinos because they give me free drinks. And last time I looked, they don't give you free drinks when you're trading your crypto. You're not a fan. You're not a fan of crypto. Not a fan. We've been talking about a bubble for a long time, and I think it's indicative of any other bubble we've seen, whether it was the dot-com bubble that burst, the housing bubble that burst in 08, 09. Um, It's the same kind of speculation, and a lot of leverage is unwinding right now, and a lot of illegal activity we're finding out about more and more. So we wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. And okay. to Bob's point, I think a lot of the selling we've seen in the overall market is probably a lot of deleveraging right now going on in the crypto markets. And just so just to conclude this segment, so uh, you sound a lot like my buddy Larry Kudlow, who always likes to talk about, <laughs> quote, stocks for the long term. So you're saying if you're a long-term investor, you don't want to sell in this kind of market. Preach it, Steve. <laughs> well, I think that okay. So I think we're all in agreement on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, good. Well, that's uh, Ryan and Bob Payne, two of the best of the business. Hey, and if you want an assessment of your portfolio, figure out you're doing everything right or not. Here's your shot to do it. We literally keep ten slots open for the show. If you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan, and we'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything for you. In fact. We go as far as build you your own personalized financial portal to give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life. And we're going to hone in on every financial issue that you have that you need to address today. We're going to look at income. You need an income plan for retirement. How are you going to take Social Security? Well, guess what? 
There's a lot of ways to take Social Security, only one right way for you. We're going to look at a full income plan from your portfolio. How are you going to generate yield from your portfolio and keep up with inflation? We're going to put together a full income plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Believe it or not, Wall Street loves to sell you high-cost products that are very tax inefficient. We're going to do a deep dive of every investment you own. We're going to show you where all the hidden costs are, show you where all the tax inefficiencies are, show you how to reduce that cost and give you our full tax playbook. It's not what you make, it's what you take. We're going to optimize your portfolio for taxes. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard right now with markets completely in flux right now? Did you take more risk or have more risk than you thought you had? Or are you sitting in cash, earning nothing on your money as inflation is ticking away at over 8%? Paralysis by analysis. We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We have 10 slots. We have over a million dollars saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. It won't be a plan. You don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob. You know, our firm, Payne Capital Management, you said this is your seventh bear market, and rumor has it you have the scars to prove it. <laughs> sure um, do, buddy. But, you know, we, <laughs> what we found with, you know, the billion or so dollars that we manage uh, for our clients is that when you make bad decisions during bear, mark, bear markets, when you, you panic out, it can be disastrous for your long-term financial planning goals. So that we could talk about some of these extreme periods of volatility like we're, we're feeling right now. And it's critical that you have the right mindset and you make the right decisions. I thought we could talk about our playbook, our survival guide, when you're going through a bear market like you are today. Yeah, right. I mean, one of the things that you really have to focus on, especially after you've been and still are, in my opinion, a big booming bull market, is that you tend to let your asset allocation take on a life of itself. You've got to manage your risk. You just can't let things, you know, run wild. Well, I mean, the cruelty of markets are it lets you know in real time. So if you've been taking too much risk right now, maybe you had bond funds, something that we talk about every week that we don't like, or maybe you have too much money in tech or growth stocks. Well, you know it now because those parts of the market have sold off more. And that's when you have to reassess. You have to say, like, look, the portfolio I have today, does that protect me in the downturns? And is it set up for the long term? And odds are, if you're getting hit hard right now, you probably don't have the right asset mix. Well, you know, Rye, if you're like me, um, you've got a lot of gray hair and a lot of scar tissue in your stomach lining, and this is your seventh bear market, you know, it's time to recognize that the only way to survive these types of markets is to have a strategy, a plan based on your goals, what we call our A to B strategy. And that way you attach your emotional resolve to achieving your goals and not worrying about whether Jupiter's going to hit Mars tomorrow or the Fed's going to raise interest rates again. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want a strategy that's predicated on the next move by the Fed. Are we in a recession? Not in a recession, right? I mean, you can go over those issues all day and all night, and you're not going to find the answer to it. So to your point, Bob, it's so critical as you're building your financial independence plan or building your portfolio for retirement, it's based on your goals, 
not actual economic events that are happening right now. Right. Here's another good point. You know, you, you tend to when you have a market that goes down abruptly and quickly when you're used to your statement going up, you, know, you tend to you know look behind. What you should be doing is look ahead. Right. Because you tend to see the markets are cyclical. They you know, bull markets tend to follow bear markets. Now, we're clearly in a bear market. So what do you think the next market is, a bull or a bear? I'm going to guess, Bob. I'm going to go on a limb here. It's a bull market. But here's the problem, right? The media loves to prey on your fears. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the market's down 20% or the S&P 500's down 20%. Well, now all the economists and strategists are coming out and saying, well, the market's going to go down another 20%. So, <laughs> it, you know, it's always based on your most recent experience. And that's probably incorrect, right? Because at some point here, to your point, Things are going to turn on a dime. And we talked about this on the first segment today. And, you know, the news is going to be behind the market. The market's going to recover before the news gets better. So, again, not relying on the news, not relying on what your most recent experience is. When you look ahead to your point, Bob, at some point, there is a bull market around the corner. You've got to design your portfolio today to benefit from that so you can retire comfortably and you have the right portfolio in place. But you got to do that today. You can't wait. Yeah, Ryan, I'll tell you the other thing that uh, happens when you have a, a market that goes down, whether it's a correction or a bear market, uh, Warren Buff tends to say, you know, you, you, you tend to see who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. And it kind of, <laughs> that's what kind of happens to your portfolio, right? Now's the time to take a look at what's really not working, right? These illiquid investments, you know, stay away from private equity and collectibles. And I'll tell you, one of the most dangerous investments ever created in the history of mankind, annuities. Yes. I mean, and look, there's some annuities that may work for you, but at the end of the day, they're less liquid. And liquid means how quickly can I turn my principal to cash, right? My big qualm about with those annuities is if you're going to get an income stream for life, right? And it sounds so good. I'm going to get that income for life. Well, guess what? You got to give up your principal and you never <laughs> want to give up your principal in retirement. So to get something, you're giving something up and odds are, and we run a lot of analysis on insurance products, is the insurance companies making out better. Even though you think you're getting a very safe and you're getting a good deal, odds are it's probably not as good a deal as you think because the pitch was really, really sexy. And that's the thing. I, you know, I, I, it breaks my heart every time I watch uh, America Greed and I see these Ponzi schemes out there and I see all these horrible investments. And, and I can't blame the investor. How are you supposed to know what's real and what's not? Um, you really got to try to avoid Anything that is unreal, right? Any of these sexy pitches, right? You can get all the upside of the market with none of the downside, guaranteed not to lose money. There's no such investment. You can't have something that gets risk asset return and has security and safety, right? So you've got to be smart. If it sounds too good to be true, probably is. is. Yeah. No, no, that's so true. And I think that's something you have to think about. Remember, when it comes to your investment portfolio, it comes to your retirement plan, if it's not common sense, it's a real problem. You know, if you can't you can't describe it to a third grader, it's a real issue. So odds are you know, the more complex, the more moving parts some sort of product or any pitch that you've had has, odds are higher odds that it's not gonna work out. Simplicity over complexity, it's actually one of the, the tenets of our firm at Payne Capital Management, is you want a strategy that's intuitive, it's easy to understand. And to your point, Bob, you don't get risk without reward. And you, you don't get reward without risk. It, it, there, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's, it's... Go ahead. And I agree, right? And we're absolutely about, you know, we're about yield and income. And here's our last bit of advice, our last bit of our bear market survival guide. Don't reach for yield. Don't chase high yields. If, it's, if the yield's higher than your hat size, run. Don't walk. Run away from an investment like that. Yes, because even junk bonds today, or they call them high-yield bonds, pay 8%. That sounds great. 
But are, is your principal going to be returned? That's what you have to ask. So you want to have a portfolio that cash flows or gives you cash flow from diversified sources. But to your point, Bob, you got to be very, very careful because a lot of times in that yield sounds too good to be true. Like everything else probably is. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like this is the analysis I need on my portfolio. I don't know what to do right now. I have assets everywhere. I've been pitched a lot of these products. I own an annuity, but I have no idea if it's the right strategy, wrong strategy. Here's your shot to do it. We still have five slots left. If you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, myself and Bob will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We go through everything for you. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front. We'll go as far as building you your own personalized financial portal. We'll get a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture. We're going to start to hone in on every single financial issue that you have right now. Do you have an income plan for retirement? You need one. How are you going to take Social Security? How are you going to draw from your portfolio, generate income so you don't run out of money, especially factoring in inflation? We're going to put together a full income game plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Tons of strategies out there on Wall Street. They love to sell you high cost, and they have high complicated tax structures like annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products. We'll go through every product that you own. We're going to show you all the hidden costs are on those products. We're going to show you how to optimize your portfolio for taxes, not what you make, but what you take. We'll give you our full tax playbook we've been working on now for decades. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard here with the market down? Did you think you were more conservative than you actually are? Or are you sitting in cash waiting to see if we're going to go into recession, waiting to see if inflation is going to come down? Well, we're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We literally have five slots left if you have over a million dollars saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PL. A-N-N-Y-C. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. But you won't have a plan. You don't text or call right now. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844 844- Plan NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Simply go to BeBullish.com. That's BeBullish.com. You can check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. Learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Payne Capital Management. Go to BeBullish.com. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show. You're listening to WABC. Thanks to John Katsimides, the great uh, owner uh, and talk show host on this great station, for allowing me to do the show. It's, it's It's a fantastic thing for me. I have a great time talking to you and listening to you. And I'm going to be taking your calls in a few minutes. That number, by the way, we've got one or two lines still open, is 1-800-848-9222. I want to hear from liberals and Democrats to explain what it is that uh, Biden is doing to our economy, why he's doing what he's doing, because I think we're in a recession right now, and I think things are going to get worse before they get better. Every uh, indicator right now seems to be pointing south, not north. Um, 
I want to mention one other quick to, uh, item before I get to your calls. Remember that number, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, I also want to hear from you about whether you think we are already in a recession, because I do. I think we're in a soft recession right now, and I think we may be headed to a crash landing, but I pray that we don't, because I always like to bet on America. Um, I just want to clear the air on one thing. Joe Biden keeps saying over and over, you probably heard him say, oh, my gosh, I'm not responsible for the high gas prices. I'm doing everything I can to bring down high gas prices, and we're producing as much energy as ever in America. He said that. We're producing as much energy as possible. The White House brings out these charts. Look, we're way up in production. Well, I want to tell you, folks, because I just looked these numbers up, the official government numbers. We reached a peak of oil and gas production under Donald Trump right before COVID at 13 million barrels of production a day in Texas and Oklahoma and North Dakota, Alaska and other American states. 13 million barrels a day. Uh, today, according to the latest numbers from the Department of Energy, we're at 11.3 million barrels a day. Okay, so here's a simple math question. What's a bigger number, 13 million or 11.3 million? 13 million was the number we had under Trump. 11.3 million is what we have today under Biden. Uh, we, are not, we are not producing record amounts of energy today. We just aren't. Now, when you would take into account the fact that under Trump, the price of gas was I mean, oil at, in the international markets ranged between about 60 and $80 a barrel, and today we're at $115 a barrel. We should be producing, because these energy producers are incredibly sensitive to the price they can get for producing the oil, right? They're not going to produce much oil at all at $50 or $60 a barrel because they can't make much money. But when the price goes to $80, $90, $100, $110, $120 a barrel, Every dollar increase in that price in international markets is a huge incentive for them to go out and produce more, right? Because every additional dollar is profit that they make. Uh, there's nothing wrong with profit, by the way. Profit is what puts food on our table. <laughs> Profits are what put gasoline in the pump. And so my point is, I believe that we would probably be three or four million more barrels of production a day today if Trump were still president and he were telling to our own gas companies, go, 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 drill, 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 put the gas in our tank, keep our prices low. Let's produce our uh, energy here in the United States. We're not doing that under Joe Biden. Don't forget, he's the one who killed the Keystone Pipeline. We need pipelines to get our oil. It, you know, uh, He's the one who's not allowing LNG terminals to be built. He's the one who's not allowing uh, more refineries to be built. We need more refineries. But Biden is it's amazing. He's complaining about the oil companies not doing more refining, and yet his own environmental rules won't let us build the refineries that we need. Uh, you, you can't make this stuff up. And and so I just want to be clear on this. Joe Biden's war on American energy is directly related to the $5. Well, out in New York, you're probably playing closer to $6 a gallon. We're at $2.50 a gallon when Trump left office. We were also energy independent when Trump left office. We weren't dependent on uh, Saudi Arabia. Our, our president didn't have to go hat in hand to the Saudis and beg them to produce more oil because all he had to do was the governor of Texas or the governor of Oklahoma say, Produce, 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 and the companies would do exactly that because they could make money at it. So uh, the Biden energy policy, the Biden green new, green new Deal policies have been a disaster for our country. 
I want you to be clear on that. And if you don't agree with me, please call in 1-800-848-9222. That's the More Money Hotline. I want to hear from you. Uh, we have uh, one line right open right now. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of people calling in, but I will get to you because we do have one line open, and, and we'll probably open some more after I take this question from Steve and Queens. Steve, thanks for calling in today. I say we're in a recession already. I think Biden's policies have been a disaster for America. What say you? You there, okay. Steve? Hello. Um, hi. Hi, Steve. Yeah. Okay. What do you got for us? All right. Here's my thing, though. The White House, okay, wants to keep gas prices up to introduce their Green Deal, of course. Also, of course they, do. they, don't yeah. want, they don't want gas to go down because if they do, then there goes their Green Deal. Now, this is not the time for electric cars, charging stations. Um, also, uh, how much do one have to pay for the electricity? Uh, with a gas car, if you run out of gas and you're somewhere, you can always take one of those uh, red plastic containers and, uh, you know, for, for five gallons. Yeah, yeah. Up. yeah. Now, if you if you have an electric vehicle and you run and you're running low or out of uh, electricity, you think that you can take one of those plastic gallon containers and put in five five uh, uh, energy of electron in yeah. there and take it to your yeah, car? Right. You know, Steve, it is a great point. Great call, Steve. Thanks for calling in. I you get an A in economics today, my friend, because you're exactly right. Uh, number one. Uh, Biden's policies are what's created the shortage and created the high prices, and they want high gas prices. I, I say this till I'm blue in the face. They're talking about it both sides of their mouth. On the one hand, they say they don't want you to use gasoline. Well, if they don't want you to use gasoline, what better way to stop you using it than to raise the price? I mean, my God, we're at uh, $5 a gallon nationally. If it was $50 a gallon, nobody would use gas, right? And they'd save the planet. That's the way these people think. I'm serious. That hundred dollars a gallon. Then, then we'd all have to ride our bicycles or get on the uh, on the uh, subway system or so on. And we, and they really think that is going to save our planet. That's the way these people think. I've been in this business a long time, folks. I have friends who are left wing liberals. They really don't want people driving their cars. They hate cars. Now I know a lot of you are in New York uh, because New York is the epicenter of our of our audience here. But you know, people in real America outside of New York City. Uh, you know, that that uh, don't live in highly, you know, populated, dense areas. They need their cars. I mean, we need our trucks. We need our cars. We need our pickups. We need our minivans to transport people to, to work and to get to the stores. Uh, sorry, outside of the big cities, mass transit isn't going to work. Uh, so very good point um, about all of that stuff. And I appreciate your call, Steve. Now I want to get to our next caller. And Mr. Producer, who is that? Our next caller is Jay from Matawan, New Jersey. Jay from New Jersey. Uh, sir, thanks for calling. What do you have for us today? How are you doing? Uh, I just wanted to make a comment on the New York with Hoko wants to relieve the 15 cents a gallon uh, yep. fuel tax. Yep. Um, but the sales tax on $2 more at 8.65% is like uh-huh. 17 cents. So as you're uh-huh. making more money, and playing with smoke and mirrors. Oh, see now. Wait a minute uh, before I let you go, Jay. So they have a they have a sales tax on the gas and a gas tax. Is that what you're saying? They, they definitely do. Oh, I didn't realize that. So, so in fact, they're actually going to make they're actually making more money at this higher price, even though they're just say they're suspending the gas tax. The higher your price, point. Yeah, it's more sales tax. Hey, 
Uh, that yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into this, my friend. I think you know if what you say is correct, and I have to you know double check these numbers. But it, it, it means that they're actually going to be the government's still going to be making a nice windfall on these high gas prices uh, because uh, because of the sales tax on the on the gasoline. And by the way, somebody's got to explain to me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and again, I'm pray- I hope that a liberal will call in and please defend these policies because I will be re- totally respectful. I really want to hear your point of view. Maybe I'm missing something here. Uh, the how is it that taxing the profits of the oil and gas company and taxing their production, how is that going to lower the price of gasoline? Gee, I thought, maybe I'm wrong about this. I thought if you tax an industry, if you tax something, they're going to get less of it, not more of it, right? And so by this twisted logic, they're saying we're going to tax it, and somehow they're going to produce more oil. Am I missing something, folks? (laughs) I mean, I'm just wondering – whether my screw is loose or their screw is loose, because a lot of this stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, why aren't we, if we want to produce more oil, uh, Joe Biden, why don't you free up more of the uh, prime oil land we have in this country? Why would you take off hundreds of thousands of prime oil and gas lands in Alaska just a, a month ago? Does that make any sense to you folks? It doesn't make any sense to me. Mr. Producer, do we have any more callers? We do. Our next caller is Ed from Long Island. Ed, Ed, thanks so much for calling in. We're running out of time, so please uh, quickly okay. tell me what's on your mind. I'll make it quick and join the show. So unfortunately, in ma- major in economics, what's the definition of a recession and how long do recessions generally last? Well, uh, the official definition of a recession is two straight quarters, so half a year of negative economic growth. That's why I'm telling you folks, we are kind of technically in a recession right now because the first quarter of this year, the economic growth rate was negative 1.5%. This second quarter is almost exactly zero. And I have a suspicion that when they do the final number, it's going to be negative. So voila, you have two negative quarters. Now, that's a soft recession. That's a, I'm not, it's not the end of the world uh, to have two quarters of slightly negative. I mean, we had, you know, remember COVID that first month when we shut out down everything, the economy collapsed by 20%. But now you ask the key question, though, about what's going to happen going forward. And uh, I suspect that things are going to get worse before they get better. I hope I'm wrong about that. But you look at what's happening with all of this massive government spending and debt. In this country, I mean, folks, Trump threw in trillion dollars in his last month of office. I was opposed to that. Then Biden comes in. He he spent. Remember last year, he spent three trillion dollars, borrowed every penny of it. Uh, Where did they get the money? They printed it. Three trillion dollars of printing plus Trump's trillion dollars of printing, four trillion dollars. Obviously, you're going to have inflation. It's like the rooster crows when the sun comes up, right? I mean, higher amounts of money into the economy uh, when you're not increasing your productive capacity means everything has to go up in price. I'm not convinced that we've reached peak uh, inflation when you see producer prices running at 11% and consumer prices running at 8.5% increases. That means that the consumer price probably has to go up, right, because, you know, if producer prices go up, then consumer prices have to go up. So I'm very worried about things. Now, I think if we had the right policies, we could avert a recession. But everything I'm hearing from Biden right now, spend more, tax more, price controls, 
more regulations. All of these things are going to slow down our economy. We got time, uh, Mr. Producer. Do we have any more callers? Yeah, our next caller is George from Rockland County. George, thanks so much for calling in. We got two minutes left. What do you got for us, sir? I'll do it really quickly. Okay, so uh, yeah, thank you. That's my thought. Okay, that's my thought here. Okay, I yeah. believe is that what's really going on, and nobody's talking about it. In my opinion, here, the reason why uh, Biden is going outside of the country and not here because there are people who pay and paid for longest time uh, and support him and the Democratic Party. And these people are making a lot of money. They are the people importing oil from abroad, okay? And they have an interest to to keep doing it. And this, this to me, is is a real true reason. Well, George, if you are right, and I, I hope you're wrong, because I think, and there may be a lot of truth to what you're saying. I'm not an expert on this, but what you're saying, what we would call that is graft, right? That you're paying money out to the people outside of this country who help support your campaign and paid you. We know, by the way, from the Hunter Biden scandal that nobody in the media wants to cover, right? You all know this. Hunter Biden was getting money from China, from Russia, from all of these countries that are sinister and against the United States. It's incredibly unpatriotic if it's not treasonous what was happening with Hunter Biden. And we all know that Hunter Biden was one of the closest advisors to he called him the big guy in those emails. He said, oh, the big guy gets his share, too. You all know who the big guy was, right? The big guy was Joe Biden. And so, George, it's an interesting point you make. I'm not going to point that finger out because of accusation until I know it's true. But there there may be something in what you're talking about. I hope it's not true. I'd hate to think that our politicians are um, are taking bribes uh, from other countries. I think we've got 60 seconds for one more caller, Mr. Producer, if we've got one. Yep. Really quick, Judy from Manhattan. Judy, we've got about 45 seconds. What do you got for us, ma'am? Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. On that same line, do you think that Biden's plan is actually uh, part of the U.N. uh, One World Government uh, plan? Oh, it's a great question. I I am opposed to all these globalist institutions. I think you're right on, ma'am. I think you are exactly right. This is part of a plan to create a global government through the United Nations, through the International Monetary Fund, through the World Health Organization. Uh, they are, this is a threat, you are so right, Judy, to American sovereignty. These are, this is the United States of America. We don't bow down to any other country, okay? We don't do that. We're the leader of the industrialized world. Have a great weekend, folks. You've been listening to The More Money Show. I'll talk to you same, same time next week. Get out and have a great weekend. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com.